This is the Medical Matters Podcast, a program which brings direct information, engaging discussion, and insight into the current state and issues surrounding healthcare. Now, here's your hosts, Dr. Peter Breyer and nurse practitioner Kelly McCormick. And on this episode, we thought we would talk about heart disease because February is American Heart Health Month. Right. So I thought it was a good way. And of course, on February 2nd was what they call the Go Red for Women, where you remember like 20 years ago they started, it was a little red pin oh, yeah. that was in a red dress. And, and uh, probably the, um, there was probably like uh, some galas and things like that. Absolutely. The American Heart Association. Yep. To, to, yep. And then that focus is on women with heart disease because sometimes that can present a little bit different in women than it does in men. Um, so we thought we would talk about um, heart heart health. Yeah, and heart disease. some facts about heart disease that we uh, will discuss from the CDC that, uh, of course, we all know that heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. So, one person dies every 33 seconds from heart disease, and uh, 695,000 people in the United States died from heart disease in 2021, one in every five deaths. So, uh, that is quite a number. It's definitely a Western uh, advanced civilization disease Mm -hmm. with atherosclerosis, since they've conquered many of the childhood diseases. Right. Through. People are living long enough to die from heart disease. Uh, and um, it costs the states, this is from 2018 to 2019, um, almost $240 billion each year um, to, to treat um, heart disease, medicines, lost productivity due to debt, and um, and then just the cost of health care services. And... It's a lifelong disease, really. Uh, it starts out, it's asymptomatic. And I remember as a medical student, I did a, an autopsy on an unfortunate uh, drug overdose death in a teenager. And uh, she had some streaks of atherosclerosis in her aorta already at age 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a lifelong disease. Uh Coronary artery disease is the main cause, the most common type of heart disease. Mm -hmm. And uh, in uh, it's a disease of the elderly, of course, and it's due to atherosclerosis, which is due to our aging and and our diets, which causes the buildup of plaque in the in the walls of the artery. And the main thing is the arteries that supply the heart. Right. There are three main um, other arteries. Other parts of the body, but certainly, you know, um, around, around the heart. Just for our listeners, the uh, three main arteries that supply the heart are the uh, left main, the left, which divides into the left anterior descending in the circumflex. Mm-hmm. And then there's the right coronary artery. So the left main is very short, and it divides into the two arteries, and then the right comes off separately. And uh, 
the the circumflex that goes kind of around that goes around the heart to the back of the heart uh, comes off the left main so atherosclerosis can take place in any part of these arteries mm-hmm. from the left main to the aorta itself can have is the main artery that comes off the heart that mm-hmm. gives off the coronary arteries right at the right at the beginning of the aorta mm-hmm. they come off and so and then I was just going to say, and certainly in talking about like your different um, coronary arteries, you know, there's the one that they call the widow maker, which is the left anterior descending. descending right, which... um, and that provides 50% of your heart muscles blood supply. So if that's blocked, that's truly um, an emergency um, to get things unclogged. So... Last year, or each year, about over 800,000 people in the U.S. have heart attacks. And interestingly enough, most people don't know that many heart attacks are silent. Right. And so you have (laughs) no symptoms at all. Right. And then you're not diagnosed until you, you don't even know you have it until you start having those signs and symptoms. Right. And then that's when you're you're diagnosed. Then there's the question of, so how do you prevent try to prevent the buildup of the plaques or the hardening of the arteries, the atherosclerosis, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that occurs in the arteries, and how do you treat it if it does occur? Mm-hmm. So uh, so what are the risk, the risk factors? factors uh, probably the biggest risk factor is your family history. Family history. High blood pressure. Smoking. See, there are reversible risk factors. Right. And smoking is the biggest, probably the biggest reversible risk factor. And high high blood cholesterol. And diabetes. There, yep. And then other things, diabetes, um, and overweight and obesity, unhealthy diet. Hypertension, sedentary lifestyle. Yep. Physical inactivity and excessive alcohol use. Excessive alcohol use, right. Yep. So those are, right, so there are some things you can control, right? You can control your... Smoking. Your smoking, your activity, your diet. There's some things you can't control, control right? Control your Family history. <laughs> and really your family history, you right? You don't have any control. You can't control family history. So you can do things to modify. There are many things you can do, and uh, many things have been done, and... There are the, the risk of death from cardiovascular disease has gone way down. Right. I mean, think in about it like when right. Think about like when you were a resident and and newly in practice, what the treatments were for heart disease or somebody you know compared to even the types of heart attacks that no. we see have changed. We used to get these. Um, we used to call them tombstones on the, the EKG. Mm-hmm. It used to show a particular pattern, which was, looked mm-hmm. like tombstones. Mm-hmm. And it used to be very common to see that in a mm-hmm. big anterior wall heart attack where the LAD lung was involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, with treatment of hypertension, high cholesterol, and people cutting down on smoking, really, you, you don't see that very much anymore. Mm. And uh, so people are living much longer with 
heart disease. Of course, certain things have interrupted the treatment, like the pandemic and things like that. But... uh, and then w- symptoms that, that patients, you know, even though, you know, again, can be silent. But, and then what happens is people generally have symptoms, chest pain or chest pressure, mm-hmm. or that I feel like an elephant is sitting on my chest. Right. But it can, it, can be very, it can be very variable, the symptoms can be very right. atypical. Some, and between men and women. I've heard of uh, people having just pain in the ear uh, at times. Jaw. In the jaw. Uh, in the thumb or in the arm, mm-hmm. especially in the abdomen or over the gallbladder. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen people operate on for gallbladder disease that actually had heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you so have to a lot of different... be accurate in your diagnosis. Right. Um, heartburn, indigestion, nausea, vomiting, shortness of breath, the dizziness. Um, Neurological signs. So yeah, so it, it can it can be very different. You know, one of the gals that I work with, her husband woke her up one night and said, "I have this funny pain in my elbow." Right. That and then be. she thought, you know, well, you know, well, that sounds abnormal, <laughs> you know, and because it's not like he's out playing tennis or doing those things where he has right. like frequent use where he might have a bursitis or something like that. It was a heart attack. And she said, "Yep, I think we need to go to the to the hospital and." Um, he ended up having a calf and had blockages and ended up with a um, four-vessel um, bypass. And another symptom that is often overlooked is uh, fatigue. Mm-hmm. Some people just get very fatigued, yeah. and uh, it's due to heart disease. Yeah. And uh, so diagnostically, you really have to have a high index of suspicion mm-hmm. and uh of course, taking history, looking at the risk factors is important. Mm-hmm. So, but they're not in. They're not the only thing that matters. People, there are some people who have no risk factors at all who have heart disease, mm-hmm. and and there are people who have a lot of risk factors who don't have heart disease. So, I know, isn't that strange? Yeah. how that works. Do you know what I mean? You, you just it's... have to be suspicious, regardless. Of what, and not ignore symptoms, even though it seems unlikely. And that's where a lot, in my opinion, a lot of doctors, practitioners uh, make mistakes in that making assumptions about, oh, they don't have any risk factors, so they're not going to have heart disease. And And you can have somebody that's maybe within their BMI, have be active etc and still have heart disease do you know what i mean you can look and say okay well you have this you know model patient who eats right active right skinny well not even but can still have heart disease heart disease i I mean just talking even about cancer that i've heard and patients i've heard it many many times well i have no cancer in my family so i can't have cancer well that's not true right it's more unlikely you know, it's less likely that you're going to have cancer, but it doesn't mean you can't. Right. So, anyway, this is uh, interesting by ethnicity mm-hmm. that <clears throat> heart disease is the leading cause of death for most racial and ethnic groups in the United States, including African Americans, American Indians, Alaska Native, Hispanic, and white men. For women from the Pacific Islands and Asian Americans, American Indian, Alaska Natives, Hispanic women, heart disease is second only to cancer. 
So, for some ethnic groups, it's a, it's not the leading cause of death. In in, in uh, black non-Hispanic, it's responsible for twenty two point six percent of all deaths. So that's about a quarter of that ethnicity. Right. But for Hispanics, it's only 11.9%. So it's less for Hispanics. Uh, whites, 18%. And uh, Asians, 18%. So do you think that's more of a diet thing or a genetic I don't know. Maybe, or maybe a combination of all of the above. Um, so, so yeah, so things to, to, you know, how is, um, coronary artery disease diagnosed, um, EKGs, echocardiograms, um, looking at the function of the heart. The most important thing is the history. The history. Right. And then the physical exam is less important, but it Mm -hmm. does have some importance since for valvular disease, you might hear a murmur, um, you might hear certain noises in the over the arteries indicating uh, heart disease, um, and then diagnostically, as you were saying, there's uh, EKGs, echocardiograms. EKG is the simplest test. It was invented in about 1920, hmm. and uh, there's a, an old picture in one of the hospitals I worked in of an old guy sitting up in a chair with these huge machine around him with all these things coming off, and it was like the original EKG machine. Hmm. Took up a whole room. <laughs> now it's a little box, <laughs> right? And basically, the EKG just measures electrical for- forces of electricity going through because going the in heart different is directions. An electrical yeah. field, yes. It measures electrical fields, so it's really a simple premise. So when you have damage to your heart, the electrical fields change, and it registers on the EKG as a, an abnormality. So EKG is the simplest. Mm-hmm test to do but it is you have to be very experienced in order to read it and I saw quite a number of examples where computer readings on these EKGs were wrong Mm -hmm. and uh, even with uh, AI taking over medicine and there won't be any need for uh, doctors or nurses (laughs) or we'll have no need for a human anymore right Uh, the (laughs) The computer readings on EKGs are terrible. So uh, then there's another non-invasive test, an echocardiogram, which bounces sound waves off the heart and looks at the function of the heart. Yep, function and and the structures. And the the structure. Um, Stress test, another non-invasive way of um, looking. And to get a stress test anymore, you have to have some kind of symptoms. You just can't go in and ask for a stress test. I'm here for my stress test. Unless you, <laughs> no, <laughs> unless no. you want to pay for it yourself. But right. You have to have yeah. symptoms, uh, shortness of breath, chest pains, and it's still sometimes a pain in the yeah. neck to get a stress test arranged on somebody because uh, insurances don't like to pay for it. And uh, I've seen problems from that on occasion. And and then then we kind of I mean outside of having like a chest X-ray that kind of thing then we kind of move more into the um, more invasive tests like a heart catheterization um, right. coronary angiogram and that well there's other things too there's you can do a CAT scan of the heart yeah the coronary looking, calcium scan coronary calcium which is non-invasive 
not covered by insurance, but uh, not very expensive. Well, expensive in some quarters. Yes. Um, but then certainly from the, the cardiac catheterization and the coronary angiogram, more invasive Very tests. Invasive. And obviously if, you know, if somebody's coming in and they're doing the EKG and the workup and stuff and they look like they're having a, um, a heart attack, a heart attack, then they're going to the cath lab. Right. Well, there's an old expression. Time is, is muscle. muscle. <laughs> so, so if you feel somebody's having a acute heart attack right away, the immediate treatment now is to take them immediately to the cath lab. Right, and open and up that vessel. try to open up those vessels before there's heart damage. And that's why, because the more heart damage there is, the more likelihood of a weak heart causing congestive heart failure and ultimately leading to a poor prognosis, a poorer right. prognosis. But then we also have... Uh, Non-invasive treatments, mm -hmm. uh, or, well, they're invasive, I mean, uh, medications we mm -hmm. have. We have preventative medications such as... Uh, the statins. Statins, and we have some other newer medications out that uh, are given for people who can't take statins. And uh, we have con we've controlled hypertension, or we're trying to control hypertension. Uh, smoking... What well, the rates of smoking in the United States? I, I don't know. Uh, I would think that you know certainly over the years um, that they've they've come down. Um, but let's see, smoking rates in the in the U.S. How about and go to twenty twenty three and see what they say. Um, it says here, whereas thirty five percent of young adults said they smoked cigarettes in twenty. Um, from 01 to 2003, the figure dropped to 10% in 2019 to 2023. Well, that's pretty 2023. impressive. So it is. But then I guess the question is, have the people that were actually smoking cigarettes... Are they moved? vaping? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have they just... Have they moved to the vaping part of, right. of things? Well, um, you'd have to assume that vaping is not as bad for you as smoking. I don't know. Because I, there's so many impurities in, to, in right. tobacco, whereas the vaping... Right, but you're still Seems getting the nicotine that affects that affects your heart. Right, absolutely, your heart and your arteries. So, and I think you know, it's I think it's going to be you know twenty less, years. It's probably worse in some aspects because it doesn't have the smell. Like when you vape uh, nicotine, is you don't smell. Right, the, it's, so there's a stink that goes to smoking. To smoking. <laughs> That's sort of disgusting or turns people off. Right. But this vaping, you don't really... Have that. You don't really even know right. people are vaping. So I think it'll time. be interesting, say, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, that, um, you know, when they start looking at studies and everything like that to see, you know, what happens. You know, obviously maybe cancer rates are, are going down because people aren't smoking cigarettes, but then maybe things that have not changed um, is the effects of nicotine on the cardiovascular system. Right. And then um, there are, as far as medications go, uh, there are some controversies as to who should actually get. Uh, if you have angina, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's stable angina, which means that your pattern of chest pains 
doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So usually angina occurs with exertion or anxiety or a stress-producing situation, and it's reversible, does not cause heart damage, but causes symptoms. Mm. And if you have a stable pattern of angina, in other words, it's not increasing in frequency or intensity, you're not really in much danger of a heart attack. And you can be treated with medications as successfully as the invasive studies such as angioplasty or stents. Mm-hmm. Or, and stents, for everybody's knowledge, are little plastic tubes they put over put in through the, the atherosclerosis the to open the artery up. And uh, they work pretty well. But the question is, do they prolong life? And, and really, there's been very little evidence that they prolong life, but everybody assumes they do. And, they, and certainly the incidence of congestive heart failure and the prognosis of heart failure has improved because of different medications we have now and different treatments. So the other things that kind of fall under like the whole heart disease is things like atrial fibrillation, right. heart failure cardiomyopathy, uh, cardiomyopathies, um, pulmonary hypertension, any kind of valvular disease. And I would think probably stroke would be in there at some, you know, on and some Strokes can be caused by heart disease because yeah. these plaques, these atherosclerotic plaques can break off right. and uh, go to the brain. And uh, sometimes clots form, blood clots form mm-hmm. in the heart, especially with atrial fibrillation, which is... A whole different topic in itself, which we ought it to is. discuss one day. Yeah, because, I mean, you certainly see the um, uh, commercials on TV about atrial fibrillation. And then peripheral artery disease. So that's, you know, outside of your your heart is, you know, going Valvular. to your legs and right. and your other lower extremities and the blockages caused in those vessels right. um, with plaque buildup. And you mentioned cardiomyopathy, which means the whole heart is sort of weak. Mm-hmm. And uh, valvular heart disease, which is most commonly the aortic valve nowadays, used to be the mitral valve Mm -hmm. before we knew the mitral valve disease was caused by rheumatic fever, which uh, was caused by strep infections, which we treat now. So that has largely uh, become uncommon, I would say, mitral valve disease, Mm -hmm. mitral stenosis, they used to call it. Uh, has become more I see a lot I have to say like you know looking through histories when I go to see patients and everything I see a lot more that you know certainly have had um, aortic valve repairs versus versus mitral valve repairs right and uh, the aortic valve is uh, some some of the disease in the aortic valve is due to atherosclerosis and sometimes it's due to uh, congenital problems where your the aortic valve has three cusps that flap. And if some people are born with only two cusps, mm-hmm. they call it, and uh, they call that a bicuspid aortic valve. And eventually, as they get older, their valve calcifies and they're going to need surgery and get on stiff. the valve. And re- either repaired or replaced. But there's been so many major advances in the treatment of heart disease that it it really is uh, like a miracle almost. It is. Uh, I mean, think, think about like when you, back in your early days of medicine, and somebody came in and, and somebody came in with a heart attack or whatever, and and or when they started doing bypass surgery. Like, 
how long was the patient in the hospital? Quite a long while. Oh, yeah. 10 to 12 days usually. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's so interesting because now, you know, when somebody comes in, they might be in for five days or less. And, you know, I mean, they're up and out of bed maybe that evening or certainly the, the next the pain, day. The treatment of the pain <laughs> from the surgery has improved because mm-hmm. they, they do these nerve blocks which get people up right away and they don't have much pain. And uh, it's really yeah. uh, a lot of uh, improvements in the treatment of heart disease for right. sure. So it is It is amazing. So heart, heart disease, you know, uh, huge contributor to um, death. Um, and it... One thing it, we didn't discuss is why these statistics, certain groups have worse statistics, especially women. Yes. Have... They, apparently, they're treated less aggressively than men. I don't know why that is. I, I think that's changing, though. Oh, I would hope so. I think since they've kind of started the whole, you since know, go red for women. Right. The awareness because women, women are actually, a bit symptoms, different. Their symptoms are different. Different. Can they, be different. They get more short of breath and less pain. And, uh, and diabetics, likewise, get less pain and more... Shortness of breath. So, shortness of breath on exertion is one uh, symptom that's very important to look for in an elderly person. So, but and, uh, I agree with you. I think yeah. that uh, and, and looking I at mean, difference um, in race, the treatment, the racial yeah. differences in treatment, I think are overstated. Right. And, also. And, I said, yeah. Well, so so in addition to you know like men, the whole you know the cholesterol, the smoking, the diabetes, the unhealthy diet, the inactivity, etc. Et um, they also look at um, factors specifically related to women. So um, early uh, menstruation periods before age eleven are included um, as, as, as specific factors related to. Um, early menopause, polycystic ovary, diabetes during pregnancy, um, so hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. So some of those cardiovascular conditions or, or you know, things are kind on. of carried on. Right. So, you know, women women are different um, in, in some ways um, outside of um, kind of the thing that kind of covers us all with the smoking, diabetes excess weight, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, so, you know, I think probably the best thing you can do is if you don't think smoke. you're having a don't heart attack. <laughs> no, I was going to say oh. one, call 911. Don't take yourself to the take hospital an take an aspirin. and take an aspirin. Right. Yep. Take an aspirin, yep. call And don't drive yourself to the emergency room. No, because you might not get there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not happen. Um, so Yes. <laughs> So anyway, well, thanks for listening to uh, another episode of uh, Medical Matters Podcast. We hope you have a happy, healthy, safe week. Thanks. You've been listening to the Medical Matters Podcast. Listen weekly for more news and wisdom from professionals who provide direct patient care. The information discussed on this program does not take the place of your provider. Check out past shows, additional content, and leave your questions and comments at medicalmatterspodcast.com.